Hello, and welcome to Talking Stars, the February edition preview show. Joining me today is Damien Riley from Riley on Film. Old Yeller, hi. And we went straight into controversial discussion straight away. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a guest this week. We have Drew from Drew's Movie Reviews. Hello, hello. Hello, and welcome back. It's been a while since we saw you. Yeah, it's been a minute. Hopefully everything will be a bit more successful with the recording. As we were saying. Hang your hat on it. No worries. <laughs> okay. Well, as always, we're going to preview six movies that are coming out in February. Mostly. I will get to which one isn't in England. <laughs> and have a, a roundup of the rest, which have probably all come out in America by now. And I consider the Oscar Beatty movies and a weird horror one. Before looking back at what we've enjoyed watching through January. So without further ado, I'm going to hand straight over to Damien as he learns to train his dragon for the third time. <laughs> I love these movies and it looks like we're going to get uh, Toothless and a Girlfriend. And she looks a lot like Toothless, only she's white. I'm really looking forward to this movie. It looks like so much fun. They've turned this cartoon into almost like a Braveheart, uh, or Brave, the cartoon Brave, but, but, but even Braveheart, it's become so detailed, and the world has become so elaborate, that it's, uh, it's something you take the kids to, and then, I think the grown-ups will like it, too. I love the way that Toothless is drawn. I'm so excited. I've seen all the other ones, so definitely looking forward to this one. It only looks better, sometimes with sequels, especially with cartoon sequels, or animated sequels. They tend to kind of go down in quality, but looking at this preview, and just the elaborate flying and crashing and... Uh, it's just, it looks really incredible. I'm really looking forward to it. How about you, Darren? Well, uh, I find the first two are braver animated movies, shall we say. They don't hold back with the violence, especially when the the end of the first movie. I am intrigued to see how they're going to do an interracial dragon relationship. If now we've got the black and the white one. Um, oh, I didn't even think of that. I, I would like to make sure that Hiccup's still relevant in this. I don't know how big this world's going to get. I've only seen one version of the trailer. I've only seen the second one about uh, two months ago. Okay. So there's just a set of movies that just keep coming out and just completely going under the radar for me. Uh, I don't really know why. Mm-hmm. It's just something about them. I just They're not Disney, so you just ignore them at points, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and even though Gerard Butler's in them, it's like if anyone's going to be a perfect animated character, they've got Gerard Butler down as a Viking dragon fighting slash riding now. Yeah, these were the most perfectly cast parts they could have done. Yeah, I agree. And then we also had the addition of Kit Harrington, who basically plays with real dragons in Game of Thrones. Well, will be soon. Once he gets back home, 
when that season finishes. But it's good that they've managed to keep the smaller named actors, like your uh, not smaller smaller roles for big name actors, with Jonah Hill coming back and Chris. Well, he's not very big anymore, but Chris Mitz Plaza. They're just. It's different to see him actually take a chance on doing these smaller roles. Like Jack Black never came back to Ice Age, etc. So. Yeah. Drew, are you looking forward to the Dragons? I am. I I love this series. I was really late to getting into the series. Like I, I didn't see the first one until a couple of years after it came out. And a friend of mine really, really loves him. And she was like, you gotta watch this. And so we had like a movie party at his house with a couple of friends. And I was just blown away. And I, the animation is gorgeous. And each one has gotten better ever since. And like you guys brought up, like the story just, um, it's not afraid to be mature, but still have, um, elements for the kids. So it kind of appeals to both the uh, adults and, and children. And, and it's really, it's hard for animated movies to really appeal like that. Like, I think Disney has figured that out, and Pixar especially. Um, but I think some of the other studios have a hard time with that. And But this one right here with DreamWorks just has been phenomenal. And, and I'm really looking forward to how they finish off their, their story. So, Damien, are you taking the whole family there? Probably. I, I really like uh, the the tail end of the title. It's how to train your dragon hidden world because I think the strength of especially the second movie uh, is in what they find you know when they go out and they they look for the dragons so I'm assuming the hidden world will be even more dragons um, and so it's a good tease in the title uh, my kids as far as my kids go uh, probably my youngest she's 11 my oldest is actually turning 14 today it's her birthday today and uh so she's getting a little old i don't know we'll have to see if she wants to go she's more into the horror with me now we're kind of a horror item when we go out to the movies uh but uh the young one we're actually talking about going to see that dogs movie uh i forget what it's called the um a dog's way home a Dog's Way Home, yeah. She really loves animals, so we're going to probably go check that out today. And I have to say that I probably would not see that would it not have been for my daughter. Uh, but I'll probably like it. I'll let you know next month. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, the dragon one, you know, she may have outgrown it, which is funny. Because when the first one came out, we were seeing it at the drive-in. You know, we have a drive-in out here. And so we got all the beach chairs and put them outside the hatchback and turned the radio up and watched it out there. And they were, you know, they've grown a lot since then. So uh, I know the young one will want to go, but I'm not sure quite about, about Bella. We'll have to see. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's go into something a bit more 3D-based. So, Drew, I believe you want to see a battle angel. I do. Alright, so, uh, Alita is based off of, um, some book or graphic novel or something like that. Um, I think one of the things that appeals to me most is just, w- w- one, the cast. I mean, it's got, uh, Christoph Waltz and, um, uh, I don't know how to say his name. Mahershala Ali. 
yeah, yeah. him. And uh, and uh, and I don't on IMDb doesn't have his what he plays, but Jackie Earl Healy is in it, and he plays um, he's in uh, The Watchmen as Rorschach, uh, which yeah. he's one of my favorite characters in that movie. Um, so just like just like the cast, it seems really cool and, and really appeals to me. Um, so that's a big reason why I wanted to see it. Also, it's written it's James Cameron is involved. And he does Avatar, and I don't think he really needs any other introduction. Um, and Robert Rodriguez—it's not, not his debut, in other words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then there's Robert <clears throat> Rodriguez, who did Sin City, which is another great action movie, uh, which is actually also based on a comic series. Um, so really, everyone involved is huge, and and like people I'm really interested in seeing. Um, like I don't know much about the source material, but it just like the story itself seems pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's nothing new really. Where like this robot finds out she has this, you know, interesting history, and so she kind of tries to go and find out more about herself, uh, which always can be f- makes for a fun ride. Um, but I, I'm really like the fact that they're trying to do more with like the animation mixed with live action. Um, it's kind of cool. Like this, is, it reminds me of what they did in Rogue One, with bringing Tarkin back to life. Um, oh, that but, was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, w- it was really cool what they tried to do. Um, I don't think it quite holds up because it hits that uncanny valley area with uh, with the with the uh, with like the graphics and stuff. Um, but, but this seems to be like a little bit better than that. I mean, obviously, that was, uh, Rogue One was a couple years ago, so hopefully they've made it better. So I'm really interested to, to see what the final product looks like and trying to integrate that, like uh, her as a fully animated character with, like the live action world around her. Very much, Drew. Uh, Davian. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned it, Drew, but I went ahead and looked it up. The director is Robert Rodriguez. Uh, my gosh, he's great. And uh, yeah, it looks like James Cameron wrote it, and I'm assuming he's the producer. Yeah, he's brought all of his 3D technology because he doesn't have time to actually make this movie because he's putting everyone through 5,000 more Avatar movies. Yeah, but Robert Rodriguez is so good. Uh, He usually does the bloody stuff. Uh, Spy Kids isn't that bloody. Yeah, he stepped off for that. But um, Yeah, so let's see. Who's Rosa Salazar? She plays Alita. I wonder if that's her face. Oh my gosh, it is her face. I just clicked on her name on the database, and she's definitely her eyes are almost that big. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, let's see. She's done Maze Runner. Ugh, wasn't too much into the Maze Runner. Uh, Divergent series. Boy, um, she's had a good run, man. Of yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but she's she's real cute and. I'm sure she's a you know, this may be her chance to break out and show that she's more than just that. Um, I have to admit when I when I watched the previews for this, something about it, well not something her. I mean she looks great with those eyes, but it almost looks too animated, too uh, otherworldly. They're trying to make it human, but I almost feel like they went a little bit too far. 
making her look, uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I, I, uh, it'd be interesting to see if they could bring out the, the humanity in this, you know, because I'm not really huge into animation. So, um, like this, you know, kind of like, uh, mature animation like this. So it's sort of kind of, doesn't interest me as much uh but i think with robert rodriguez directing this could really pack a wallop what do you think darren well i know what they're looking to make all their money off and it's not necessarily actual tickets it's the 3d and imax this is going to be the first 3d imax event of the year like this movie got delayed for like six months to nine months it was due out last year in like june i think yeah. So they ha- they've done something else to like bring more. Uh, it's like make sure you watch this movie in 3D, or you else you'll miss everything. Yeah, uh, and that's what you're getting from all the trailers. And well, I'm quite happy to not see it in 3D. I probably won't be seeing it in 3D. <laughs> I probably if I do it, I do it in IMAX, but I'm not doing 3D because it doesn't work. Um, Didn't they do that with? Uh, um jupiter ascending to like push it back like months and then it bombed yeah <laughs> i hope it doesn't end like that because I, I thought that movie had promise but i just tried to pack in too much but that's uh, a whole other conversation well here in, here in the u.s it comes out valentine's day uh we're now on the 20th so it's literally about a month before it even comes out i think that's a, too long to wait I don't know. It's one. It's getting a little cooling things. It'll be just before the Oscars, so everyone wants to make a bit mindless to watch instead of having to sit through every boring Oscar movie that's due out this year. <laughs> What's kind of a trend now too is kind of um, trying to pull the because this feels like a summer blockbuster almost, and so that's what they've done the last couple of years. Is um, a few movies have kind of had that early release with like a February, March, or April to kind of like a pre-blockbuster season type of thing to um, try to, you know, get those extra dollars, I guess, because with the summer blockbusters being the way they are, they want to try to beat that. So that so this might be kind of doing the same thing. We're trying to get in that like just a little bit early where there's not as many similar films in the theaters at the time. Exactly. So do you think uh, – uh, Darren's pretty young too, but um... – do, uh, Drew, do you think that this is going to be like a younger crowd, maybe going out for Valentine's Day? Uh, I definitely feel like it has like a younger audience towards it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like just with like uh, who's cast and the and the story that goes with it. Yeah. See, I wouldn't put it down as a Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> if you're being honest, it doesn't have that vibe for me. Oh, yeah, I'm just wondering not. if maybe the young girls, like the high school girls. I just wonder if maybe it was appealing to them because it's a female lead. It's animated. It doesn't feel like that to me, but sometimes I'm out of touch with high school I age. Don't, I would disagree that it's animated. I think it's probably going to be sort of ghost in the shell level vision. Yeah, it looks like that, yeah. Rather than actual, here's an animated movie. I was actually thinking the same thing when I was watching the trailer. Yeah, and it looks the fact like ghost in the shell. It is sort of meant to be off a Japanese comic or graphic novel. Alida, yeah. 
a gum or something. But it would be interesting to see what rating it's actually going to get, whether it's going to have a higher age rating or not. I know you have different rules in America, but I don't know if it'll be a 15 or 12 or not. It won't be an 18, surely. Let's be honest. Very well, anything's in a Robert Rodriguez, now. like if you look at the mariachi, it's just blood from beginning to end. So, I mean, it could be bloody. Yeah, you know, mariachi was made off of like two packets of crisps with a cigarette packet. So, <laughs> but it was very violent, and uh, he he did the stuff with Quentin Tarantino, which we all know he's very violent. So it could go either way. James Cameron, he hasn't really done much bloody stuff. Just like Aliens and Terminator. <laughs> yeah, but Titanic, that's like just Adam. gratuitous uh, slit a neck with a machete, you know. Titanic but, had a big body count as well. Yeah. Well, so, I'm just saying, if it's like that, if it goes that way, they could they could theoretically go R, which, you know, Darren, I'm sure you know what RR is. Well, um, it's it's... It's going to be rated 13 here in the States, so it's oh, probably yeah, not going to be on okay. yeah. They're not we'll listing it yet on Internet Movie Database. We'll get a 12A. <laughs> you guys have too many ratings levels. Because we don't like making our children watch violence too young, or they end up becoming presidents who throw the toys out the prop. Tell us, tell us, <laughs> the, tell us the levels real quick. We have you, which is basically animated basic animation you got pg you have to have a parent with you mm-hmm. then you have like a 12a which was is kind of what pirates of the caribbean and the harry potter's turned into where it's not advised to have children of a young age but yeah. you can go as long as you're with adults and obviously just a plain 12 then you have 15 and 18 which if you're not 15 or 18 you're not allowed in Unless you've got a baby for some reason. Which is... You, a, you British are so complicated. <laughs> that, two extras. It's not that difficult. I guess it's to just two around. more, yeah. I mean, it's really that, but they hardly ever use PG-13. They hardly ever use NC-17. They hardly ever use... You know, I mean, it's mostly just... We don't even do G hardly anymore. Although there have been some recently, like Winnie the Pooh, I think, was G. But, you know, you see, like, PG, R... That's it, pretty much. That's what we have. Well, we bought PG thirteens. Yeah, that's true. But we bought it out because of films like Gremlins and The Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's the reason we have these. Well, that's actually what happened here in the states too. Like those, like those two are, are known as being responsible for for giving us a thirteen rating. Because before it was either PG or R. Like that's why you have like some of the yeah. old like sixties like uh, cowboy movies like especially yeah. is kind of where I noticed it like those are R those would not be R these days uh, but like we have but like when Gremlins came out in the eighties and when Temple of Doom came out and they're like this it's not clearly not PG thirteen but I mean it's not PG but it's not hard enough to be an R either so that's why they created the thirteen rating. It's all to protect the young. So do you really think little kids running around in the American mall? Are going to get turned away at, when they when they buy their tickets? Yeah, like you can say get they're away. eleven, say they're ten. I think they'll probably just sell them to them. You know, no, there's no ID for kids that age. 
Well, that's why you need a parent to get the tickets. I see. So they they require the older. I know if it's R, I have to go with my kids. They I can't just buy them tickets now. You know, if it's R, then their ages are eleven and thirteen, so they they have to actually have a physical parent with them uh, to get in. You can buy them the tickets, but to get into the actual you know movie, when they rip the tickets, uh, they have to have a parent, and they're always begging me, please, can you take me to this terrible rated R movie? And I usually say no. <laughs> but yeah, the PG-13, I think it's a little iffy, isn't it? I mean, I think kids could probably get into those. Like, well, America they might. Like, say, Alita, for example. Drew, you said it was PG-13. So, you know, there's a couple 11-year-olds. Their parents are shopping or whatever. They say, go to the movies. They probably get in, don't you think? I think it's up to the um, person signing the tickets. It's up so to the possible. movie people. But, I mean, they can't prove how old they are. I mean, I, Well, that's the same. You'd, you'd have the same law if your daughter went to buy alcohol. Okay, so I mean, the if, rule if, if is... If you can't prove their age, then Let, me, let me get this get straight, then. The rule is, if it's PG-13, you have to have a grown-up buy the tickets, correct? Yeah, and be with you. Yeah. Okay. I, that's never happened on, I don't think it's ever happened on VG13 for me with the kids, but, uh, sometimes they go with their friends. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I don't really know what that PG13 is really protecting, you know? And if it is protecting, then I would think that Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron would want to make it a PG only. I mean, nothing's really PG only now. It's, you so, can't. Alright, so, so the 13 ends up being like a catch-all. You, or most times. When it, and the reason why this is 13 is because there's violence. Yeah. That, that That's the only reason why it's 13. Well, one swear and, word. Yeah. and you, can, But you could and, buy yeah. your kids PG tickets, and then they can walk in, I think. Whereas they can't go in if it's PG-13. So I think the studios would be better off making it PG. Or am I correct in that or no? No, I because disagree. if it's PG-13, you're selling the parent a ticket as well. So you're going to yeah. make more ticket money. Yeah, I didn't and, think of that. I didn't think of that. Well, no, plus so. if they make it PG, they'd have to... Basically, they'd be like... They'd be talking their feelings the entire time and there'd be no fighting. And that's like a big part of what this is, it looks like. So they would completely have to change everything and I don't think it would work. What about sex? Do you think there's sex in it? Probably not this one. Yeah, it's not Lao's fan she's, made out of her, she, she's metal. Be interesting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Because I know that that's a lot of times they, um, the sexual content, they will rate it PG-13 because of that. Mm-hmm. But as we've been slightly distracted by ratings and stuff, it's time to get violent. Oh, as yeah. we... Go and talk about Cold Pursuit, the remake of In Order of Disappearance, starring Liam Neeson as a snowplower who goes on a killing rampage after his son is killed by drug barons. Uh, what is not to like about this movie? It's Liam Neeson just killing people for fun. Uh, I'm sorry, you sometimes you just need a stupid action movie that probably looks like a comedy from the trailers. 
that I could just sit and watch and just be like, yeah, that's funny. And they're like, man of the year, and he's killed like five people. I don't know what else I can really say about this movie. It just, and as soon as someone said Liam Neeson, a snowplower who goes on a killing rampage, it's like, okay, I'm in. I don't need much more. Uh, Drew, are you likely to see this? Yeah, I'll probably, or at least we'll try. Um, I, I think Liam Neeson's getting kind of typecast with these, or not typecast, but he, uh, like, I'll, a lot of these feel s- like similar roles. Like, I, like, I get a taken vibe out of this almost. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're still entertaining and I like them and I like Neeson and Laura Dern's gonna end and Emmy, Emmy Rosum. So it, it has a couple of people that, uh, I, I kinda like to watch. Well, Damien, you in? Schindler's Pursuit. He's saving them by gunpoint. And where was that tagline? Well, I just, you know, <laughs> Schindler's List. <laughs> I, I think we need Schindler's List, but like an action form of it. Maybe, the, maybe not. I... The last film I saw him in that I liked, he was good in Love, actually, but I also liked him in Schindler's List. And uh, the all these action movies, I just I don't know. Okay, Taken. I'll give him Taken. Taken was pretty awesome. But I'm just not really a fan after that. I don't really watch those. You don't like old man action movies. <laughs> he looks great. I mean, when you look at him in the posters and even in the movies, he he's kept he's been preserved himself extremely well. The guy has to be in his late sixties, don't you think? I should look up how old he is before I say that. I feel like he's older than that, even. Yeah. Otherwise, he will find you, and he will kill you. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Liam. He's. Do you get it? He's saving them by gunpoint now. I think that'd be a great movie. Um. Okay, so he's born in '52. So I was '69. So if he's '59, then he'd be ten years older than me. Uh. He's 17 years older than me, and I'm turning 50. So he's. He's about 70. He's just got. He's 67. So yeah, good for him for doing all that at 67. They pay him, he turns up, he kicks ass and he leaves. <laughs> and he looks pretty good doing it, but for some reason it just doesn't press my button. I just not, I mean, you asked Drew if he was going to go and Drew's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but Darren, that's okay. If you found something that, you know, you want to see, then we're not going to put it down. Well, let's see. Something that Drew might have seen. We'll go to something that Drew probably won't see. And that's your next pick, Damien. Yeah. The Prodigy. Oh, man. Well, it's a horror. I think they did it well. If the uh, if the trailer's any indicator, I think they did it well. The idea, the, the, the idea of the film is that you have this child, and he, he can do all these amazing things, and he's a prodigy, but... The psychologist and his parents are starting to realize that maybe there's someone inside him. And that's kind of a creepy thought. So it's like the omen, you know, I think. Uh, certainly not on that scale, because it's very, it looks like an independent movie almost. Uh, the limitation of the trailer, uh, what they're showing you anyway. But I think it looks pretty good. It won't be one that I'll rush out to see, because as you know, Darren and Drew, you probably recall I said this a few times. 
I like the really creepy ones that kind of stick with me. And I walk down the street and I'm sort of looking both ways and those kinds. Those are the ones that I really like. And it doesn't look like that kind. It looks like a jump scare. Uh, you won't find any old mansions and lightning and all that like I really love. Like the wailing. Oh my gosh, the wailing is so creepy. Uh, it's definitely not a wailing, but it is, uh, for what it is, it looks like it might be a good film. So I, I always try and see horrors that come to my movie house. So I will be seeing it. How about you, Darren? You're a fellow horror guy. See, I don't really get anything off the vibe of the trailer. It doesn't look that scary. Doesn't look that creepy. Doesn't look that interesting. It looks like it's the one that should have come out in January. Um, it doesn't have a release date in the UK yet, as far as I can tell. So that's a bit of a negative thing, because if it oh. doesn't have a release date, it's probably not going to be very popular. Um, the yeah. cast is probably your highlight of it, because you've got the Orange is the New Black Girl, Taylor, yeah. Tyler, Shrilling, whatever her well, name that's is. That's who that is. I knew I recognized her. I was going to look her up. But overall, it, I, it just looks like an a Omen ripoff that's just probably got more money in it than the Omen had. Yeah. Uh, and, and more money bit, than it needs. <laughs> probably. Uh, it's probably one of the Blumhouse movies that's coming out that's just going to be, here we are, it's Blumhouse, we've made a movie, let's make it for 2.5 million and we'll get all the horror fans out there and believe that it's a horror movie and sell it and they'll see it and we'll be rich forever <laughs> and you'll have to keep making us watch shitty nun movies and stuff <laughs> yeah for Not the teenagers it's enough I mean the teenagers love Blumhouse because crappy movies like Truth or Dare you know get them all excited down below their belly button you know but for me, it, I require just a little more. I mean, I like the jump scares and I like all that, but I just want more of a thoughtful scare. And they're out there if you look for them, but gosh, I'm surprised we don't have more of those. Because those are the best horrors. Well, we said, I, I don't think Drew will be seeing this. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> did you see the trailer? I did. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's sort of ridiculous. I hope he's not one of those where you have to go through like three visits to the child psychologist. You know what I mean? Like you have to go through like this full on. Well, I'm worried about my son. Well, bring him in. Okay, it's Tuesday. I'll bring him in. Here, play with these blocks. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hope it's not like that. I hope it at least kicks in a little bit. But I think I will see it because. It's it just when you get hooked on horror like I am, you, you know, you got to take what they give you to an extent. The possession of Hannah Grace. I'll talk about it a little more, I, th I think, later. But, I mean, I saw that, and that was like 20% on Metacritic. Uh, if that, it was even lower, I think. And it was just uh, so derivative. But I went because it was horror. And so, anyway. Well, from the dark side, we'll head to the bubbly side. Drew, would you like to talk about the Lego Movie Part 2, Chapter 2, Number 2, whatever they're going to call it, 2, 
the second one is actually what the what they call it. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm huge, huge fan of the first Lego Movie. Uh, I don't know. I just had a lot of fun with it. The the, the story was funny. Uh, there was a lot of references, uh, and it, again, it's one of those uh, that seemed to appeal to kind of all ages. So I think they can only do more with the with the second one. Um, I for sure have been seeing this in the theaters. I actually already have plans with my family to to, to go see it. Um, so yeah, I mean I'll, I'll definitely be there. <laughs> uh, I just like Chris Pratt as like he's 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 been in a lot lately, but I think he's he really has a voice down uh, as a main character, and the the entire voice cast itself is great. And all the cameos that they have. And, the, and who have showed up in the trailer uh, for this one. just seems like it's going to be a good time. So one thing I don't get from the trailer is what's actually going to happen in this movie. I know it's good that we don't know the whole story, but are we actually going to have the Duplo, whatever, the big giant blocks coming into this, or is it something different, do you reckon? Uh, it's probably going to be... A, the Duplo's probably going to be like the... But they are the big bads, it seems, so they're probably going to be a big part of it. I, I think one thing that I'm most curious to find out is if they're going to incorporate the like real-life side of the story like they did in the at the end of the first one uh, to, to see if it's like still the kid making the story or if it's just kind of going to be like assumed that he's making this up in his head and then they're going to just keep it all in, in this Lego universe. That's the bit that I think could drag this movie down because... The real side of it gave the story a proper heart, which, let's be honest, the story was fine, entertaining as it was, but then you ended up bringing Will Farrell being a slightly neglected father. Not a bad father, but certainly too neglective. And it showed, like, actually father and son can have fun doing things together. Which I like that part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Damien, are you going to see this movie? Probably not, but um, I did like the first one too. Uh, so maybe at some point, I love everything is awesome. I love that song, and you know it's fun. I just don't have the. I guess it's just not my generation, you know. So I don't really like lock in to the coolness of it. But um, I'll probably see it if for nothing else. You know, I work with kids, so. Uh, you know, it's, you can bring up that you've seen it and instantly, say if you're in a classroom of high school kids even, I'm sorry, my dog's barking, um, you know, they go, oh, you saw the Lego movie, cool, you know, <laughs> you know, it gets their attention, so maybe I'll do that. Um, I am trying to send you guys something right now, so I'll send it in a minute, but, you know, Chris Pratt just got engaged. Did you hear about that? Yes. No, I'm, go- I'm Gossip Queen here on the show. And uh, here it is. <clears throat> Schwarzenegger's daughter. That's kind of relevant. There they are. You guys can see that in your chat. She's cute. She looks just like her mom. Good for her, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, as long as she didn't look like her dad, it would yeah, be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I guess it was really quick. They just, they'd been dating a little while and he decided he wanted to propose. 
He only got divorced about six months ago. Yeah, why I not? I didn't know that. I did not know that. But never mind. We'll leave Star-Lord to be a bit weird. <laughs> Star-Lord. Well, you told me last time, or a few shows ago, Darren, you said you thought he was kind of moving toward the shelf. I think he is. He, animation you can get away with. Like, even Tim Allen's relevant in animation. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't. I want him to do something original. I'm tired of him doing like. Yes, he's fun as Star Lord. Well, well, he was technically he's dead, I guess. But um, and so is Guardians by the sounds of it. And his um, Jurassic films are terrible. <laughs> he's the most boring character in Jurassic Park. What history. happened with that last one? It just and completely missed. He just needs to do something that really makes him make a bit of an impact. Because at the moment he's just kind of not there. Not relevant. Yeah. So, I want him to do be original. Like, take a chance. Do something like, The Rock goes and makes trashy, rubbish action movies that are original. Let, let's, let Pratt do that. He's quick, he's quick-witted. Like, even like Chris Hemsworth doing better comedy than Chris Pratt. He would have been reasonably entertaining in the Men in the Black movies. Yeah. But he's just not getting the good ones. They want him to be the new Indiana Jones. It's like, did you see how bad the new Han Solo was? So let's <laughs> face it, let's just make an Uncharted movie, not cast Chris Pratt, and see where we end up. The Lego but, Movie 2 will be a fun, fun movie for people to see on a Sunday when they don't want to go back to work and then go to Red Robin get a big fat burger and go see that movie and have a good time it'll be that kind of a movie I think uh, it's not going to win any Oscars of course uh, you never know I mean it, it looks pretty good as, you know visually it looks great but I just think it's one of those movies it's not terrible but it's not amazingly great either so we're having a real mix of what we're looking forward to and not looking forward to here, I think. Yeah. Let's just go straight to the Netflix movie then. The Velvet Buzzsaw. <laughs> this is Dan Don't Gilroy. Don't start with me, though. <laughs> Don't start with me. This is Dan Gilroy returning with Jake Gyllenhaal to go into a world of an artist and an art creator who finds the new art that seems to consume the people who see it. And what seems like quite a tame little car movie turns into what could well be the most passionate, crazy movie of the year. And I need to see it. I don't care. <laughs> I think it could actually be scary like, from what they're trying to do. I do feel they gave a little bit too much away in the trailer. But I don't care. Let, let's see. We like letting Jake Gyllenhaal loose on the crazy train. He was the best thing about Oakcha. So... We know he can be crazy. So, um, Drew, will you be seeing this movie? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably check it out. It definitely, like, the, the word that went through my head after I finished watching the trailer was bonkers. Yeah. Uh, like, because like, the, the trailer starts out, you know, fine enough. And then when it starts to get into, like, the paintings coming alive and the, the orb thing, like, killing that lady, like, it, it's, it just went, like, the hell just happened so if anything for that it definitely caught my attention 
So, Damien, let's see if you found the words to describe this movie yet. Okay. Obja meets Nightcrawler. <laughs> as far as his character. Yeah. He, it looks goofy, but he looks crazed and, uh, you know I'm a big fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. So, uh, I'll be there. I want to see it. And, you know, it's Netflix, so I don't have to go far. It's right there on my recliner. I can watch it. And he's great. He is a good gamble. I can't even remember a movie that he was in that ended up not being to my liking. He he just does a good job in everything he does. And he picks very carefully. He picks stuff. I mean, you think of a movie like Southpaw, where it's just a straight-up boxing movie done really well. And he's all cut up for that. And then you take a movie like, you know, I mean, if you want to call it a movie, the Netflix movie Okja. And he's so goofy and, and funny in that. Donnie Darko. I mean, need I go on? I mean, just everything he's done. Bubble uh, Boy. Yeah, Bubble Boy. <laughs> so, yeah. Get one for the Gyllenhaal. One for the Jakester. I'm definitely going to see that movie. Fair enough. Well, that's going to conclude our six that we were going to talk about most. So we're going to have a quick rapid-fire round of... Most of the films that have come out in one country or the other. So, can you ever forgive me, Damien? <laughs> Ooh, no. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> Drew? Maybe. Fair enough, I probably maybe. <laughs> um, on the basis of sex, Drew? Um, probably not. Uh, it's a. I don't really watch biopics very much. So, I don't think so. Lara? Damien? I know somebody I really respect, Audrey. She liked it. But um, I'm going to say no, and I haven't had a chance to share this with Audrey. I don't know if she knows it or not. But um, this was written by the cousin. I think it's a cousin. Maybe even a nephew. The nephew of Ruth Ginsburg. The, the woman that is portrayed in the movie. So right there, you're going to get kind of a blue sky impression of her and less of a realistic one. So I'm hearing a lot of people saying it's a good movie, but for me, finding that out and just it looks so sing-song, I'm just, I'm probably going to pass on that one. Fair enough. If Bill Street could talk. David? Ah... Uh... That's a tough one. Yes, I'm going to see that one. Uh, it looks like a nice romance. Uh, definitely brings in the whole racial uh, issue that has been so big in the last five years. And so uh, more of a, uh, I'm thinking it'll be more of a, a light uh, human touch on it. And less of a purge prequel touch on it. Uh, so I'm interested in that. That That is a topic I'm very interested in. I'm a huge supporter of equal rights through the years and the history of it. So, yeah, I definitely want to see that. And it looks like a love story as well. Fair enough. True? Uh, yeah, I probably will go see it. Yep, I have to use finish watching it to complete the Oscar collection, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, well, this one's more did you see it. 
Instant Family. Drew? I didn't. I actually forgot it came out, but it did seem like one I would like to go. Would like to have gone seen. Enough, Damien. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. I probably won't. Enough. The kid who would be king, Damien. Haven't even heard of it. Okay, Drew. Uh, probably not. Uh, I mean, like I want to be opposed to it if buddy's like, hey, they want to go see this, but I probably won't go out of my way to go see it. Fair enough. We're not seeing very many movies at this rate. Uh, <laughs> um, happy Death Day to you, Drew. Definitely. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't see the first one. Of course, the trailer probably spoiled the first one, but I don't think I'm going to go see this one. I don't think the trailer spoiled the first one. Okay. It's exactly the same movie, I believe. <laughs> and don't really understand how... Uh, so, Damien, you're definitely going to see it? I Well, Blumhouse got this one right, the first one. Blumhouse got the first one right. Uh, really enjoyed that movie. Uh, Slasher, good movie. A little, little sci-fi in there. So I, I thought that Twilight Zone in there. It's cool, but uh, I'll probably go for a second helping. I agree with you, though, Darren. I think it'll be the same movie. But, you know, sometimes we like that. Okay. So that's everything due out this <laughs> month. So let's just see what we've been watching recently. Uh, Damien, would you like to go first? Um, just real quick to touch on. Oh shoot! Um, to touch on it, and I'm sure Darren, you probably have more to say about it. But the uh, Bandersnatch uh, release uh, that was the Black Mirror. That came out on Netflix. It, had, it was 1984. A young programmer begins to question reality as he works to adapt a fantasy novel into a video game. And of course, the extra uh, cosmetic feature of this is that you can use your remote to choose your own adventure, and it will ask you questions. You know, should you kill the kill the person or not kill the person? Things like that, just to avoid spoilers. Uh, but um. I thought it was neat. I thought it was avant-garde. It was, you know, it was too long. I think I chose all the the, the answers that made it longer because it was going on real long. But um, very cool. What did you think of that, Darren? Did you see it? I did. Then okay. I thought the story was too shallow and boring. Yeah, they were trying to do a lot there, though, as far as tech, you know. It should get praised for its bravery, but there are certain options you pick. And you can't pick them. <laughs> oh. But it, that way, it makes no difference whatsoever. Yeah. And it's. And by the end of it, it was actually a really interesting story that was told really badly. And I don't like being yeah. told, are you sure you want to do this? Do you want to touch your computer? Do you want to smash your computer? And yeah. then repeating it again. It's like, that's not how a person talks. I'm sorry. You had to be open to the difference of it. Yes. Yeah. You, you, know, you have to be, oh, this is something novel. Wow. And don't expect a regular movie experience. But I thought it was kind of cool that Netflix did that. I'd rather have just played Until Dawn again. So. <laughs> okay. Um, Drew, did you see Bandy Snatch? I did not. Fair enough. <laughs> Simple <laughs> uh, what have you been watching, Andrew? Um, well, the most recent thing I saw in the theater was The Mule, the one with um, 
Clint Eastwood in it, where he's the the he works for the the gangs and he's a drug mule. Um, I liked it. Um, I think my mom liked it more than I did, but I mean it was fun. Uh, definitely an interesting story. Uh, Clint Eastwood can still act really really well. I think he directed it too, so it's kind of cool that he's he's kind of doing both parts because he's done that in several of his last films. Um, yeah, so it was good. It, was, it definitely was. Uh, I, I don't think it was quite as exciting as I would have hoped for, but it definitely had some thriller elements to it, or like um, like where he's trying to kind of stay ahead of the guys trying to catch him. Fair enough. Uh, Damien, did you see this one? I did not, but you know, uh, Drew sounds so enthralled with it that I'm I'm sort of convinced. Now, I should probably talk to his mom. She's probably more more my generation. But I'm impressed that you went, Drew. I mean, it doesn't seem like a movie that you'd be interested in. I mean, not that I have this radar fix on what you like, but um, I don't know. Just old. He's real old, you know. I don't know. Uh, like some of the last couple of stuff he's done, I've really enjoyed. Like yeah. um, Gran Torino, like Gran Torino was good, or like Million Dollar Baby is like honestly one of my all time favorite movies. Oh wow, that wow, that was a crazy movie at the end. Um, to think, yeah, that movie is 15 years old now. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Yeah, was that O two was when that came out? I think so. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Um, so. Well, good. Uh, yeah, I want to see that, and especially now since Drew's said positive things about it. I want to see it, but maybe I'm just projecting on him because when I see the trailer, it doesn't really get me super excited to go see it. Uh, but I love Clint Eastwood. So. Well, one of the Not movies... Not in a gay way. Huh? Well, one of the movies I've seen is Stan and Ollie. Oh, that's what you told me I need to see. And... <laughs> I think it's a lot better than most of the movies being up for the Oscar this year. It's just funny, quirky. John C. Riley, considering his last movie was Holmes and Watson, he's gone from the worst of his career to arguably one of his best live-action movies of his career. And it's nice to see a story that focuses on a popular couple of actors who had to rebuild their career after the contract life that they had been put through in the Hollywood system it they almost seem flawless in how they do their jokes their routines and I just think it's one that people should be watching oh. so simple as that I know is it my turn again yes um I saw Bumblebee and I really liked it I thought Bumblebee was so good I was like shocked how good it was I'm not a fan of, uh, you know, the Transformers movies. Uh, probably the closest interest I would have had in the early movies would be to Megan Fox and watching her do her thing, so to speak. Uh, Which wasn't very much. <laughs> she looked good doing it, though. Yeah, to All she had to do was stand there and look pretty, and she did, yeah, the, did right. that pretty well. But this one, I thought, oh, she's going to be replacing that type of role, and it wasn't like that at all. Uh, Haley Steinfeld is to be commended. She's very humble in this. She's obviously very cute, very sexy, everything Megan Fox was. But she doesn't 
it doesn't dwell on her. You know what I mean? It she's part of the story and it's very cute and it goes back to the eighties, uh, which is neat. A lot of movies are doing that now. And just the the actual uh I don't want to say creature, the robot, the transformer, is so awesome how it you know, explodes or you know, grows up from the car, from the yellow VW Beetle. It's so neat. And just to watch that was so engaging. I honestly thought, I actually sat next to the wall so I could play on my phone while my girls were watching it. I actually didn't even get my phone out once. It was such a cool story. John Cena does a good job. He's not in it much. So everybody says, oh, go see John Cena. But he's not really in it that much. But um, I just love the story. It was neat how they brought in 80s music. Uh and used it in that innovative way with Bumblebee. Or actually, is it? It was weird because she called it Bumblebee, but it wasn't because of the yellow car. It was some other reason. That was how he was, talked. That was how he was buzzing like a bee. Yeah. So anyway, I'll leave it at that. But I just, I mean, I can't say enough good things about this. I did give it an eight out of ten because there were some features of it that I thought were just kind of canned and you know, not my thing. But I was, I would have thought I would have been giving this a four or five. I ended up giving it an eight out of ten. I really liked it, so I'd recommend it for all ages. Really good film. Drew, did you see Bumblebee? I didn't, but now I'm starting to wish that I did because I've heard nothing but good things about it. Like, uh, uh-huh. like all over from some of my other blogger friends. Like they've all had all good things to say about it. And honestly, I think part of it's because Michael Bay wasn't involved, and so he because. Mm. He, honestly, he's the reason why the last two were, so, for me, the last two are the ones that are really bad, like, I like the first three, um, but the last two are just awful, and honestly, I think it's because he stopped caring, so the fact that they were able to get in some fresh blood and a new director and someone who could actually breathe some new life into the franchise is amazing. Hopefully, we'll, hopefully we can see some of that going forward with the franchise, because I really, I really like these characters. Because the direct is the guy that brought us Kubo and the Two Strings. And Paranorman, which is amazing. Yeah, but Kubo is a heart one that people yeah, always that's love. Above and beyond. That one is amazing. So just so avant garde. I'd also agree that Bumblebee was definitely something you should have watched. Um I would have yeah. given you I would have seen if a Damien picked up on something, but I won't say it because it's a little... I know, I can think of so many things I want to talk about about the movie, but especially since Drew hasn't seen it. That's a wink to a character we meet later, but that's about it, really. But not... You get literally one scene with a character that's a big part of Michael Bay's Transformers. Yeah, because this is a prequel. I would like to say it was a reimagination. To be honest, oh, okay. let's just call it that and start again right. for this movie and the rest. Even though I can watch all of them, let's just pretend the rest never happened. Yeah, really. So, um, Drew, what else have you seen? Uh, so before the Mule, I saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is probably the best representation of Spider-Man on film so far. Like, it's just. The way that the characters were written was really good. Um, I really liked that they used Miles instead of Peter as the main character. Because uh, we've seen enough Peter since the first Spider-Man came out, you know, back in, was it oh, 2001? 
So to finally have Miles on this on the big screen it felt really good. And, uh, he was well written, uh, and, and and they included other Spider character too, like Spider Gwen, uh, who's a Gwen Stacy who became a Spider Woman. Uh, there's like an anime uh, Spider Girl named Penny Parker. Uh, spider Ham, who was a spider who was bitten by a radioactive pig. Um, that sounds like Spider Pig from the Simpsons movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of where that joke comes from. Uh, like, that's where the Simpsons jokes come from. Um, and then they also Spider Man Noir, who's like a 1920s Spider Man. And. Who was the other one? I can't remember. There's a fifth Spider person who kind of showed up. Oh, it was a regular Spider Man. Uh. So, and the animation was just gorgeous. Like, they actually made a new animation style. Like, totally unique. Like, first time this has ever been made. So it looked, it just looked pretty and it, it looked like an old comic book with like the, 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 um, like the, with the dots and stuff and the, some of the colors go outside the lines and it just looks pretty and it was a good story and I, I just, I absolutely loved it. Fair enough. I, I won't really do animated at the cinema because I don't like children. <laughs> <laughs> is that a good enough reason to not see a film? Uh, what, my question... All you, to, all you have to do is go late in the day when it's past their bedtime. There yeah, they, they don't tend to show animated at night, though, in England, where you get the horror movies at night and you don't get them during the day. But uh, okay. the question I was going to ask about this, I haven't really been able to ask anyone. Um, we've had um, a lot of at Justice League and Avengers animated movies recently, haven't we? And like, yeah. Justice League Dark and stuff like that. Is this meant to be? Do you reckon this was meant to be more of a straight to DVD film, or do you reckon it was meant to be a big cinematic release in the middle of the Spider or big Spider-Man storyline? Shall we call it that? I feel like it's supposed to be a theater release because, uh, like I said, like with the, the way, they, especially with the way they did, they did the animation, like it, it with it being on the big screen, it's just a great experience. Fair enough. Damien, did you see this one? I did not, but I, I heard a few interviews about it, and I and I don't want to give any spoilers because it sounds really innovative and creative as far as the writing. Not, not so much the animation, but the, the actual story of it. And it, it that has me intrigued. So I think when it, when it comes, you know, on streaming, I will definitely see it... Uh, I'm hearing that it's the kind of film that would leave open for unlimited uh, spin-offs. Isn't would that I'm, be fair, Drew? Um, without yeah, saying... <laughs> absolutely. Like, I, I yeah. made a similar comment to my review on it. Like, there's... The possibilities are literally endless. Because they... Mm-hmm. The fact that they brought in the multiverse right in the beginning uh-huh. is... Yeah. Like, that's that opens up a ton of possibilities. Yeah. Fair it's enough. something different, Darren, from what I've heard and read. It's it's they pull something different into it. So it's not yeah, it is a cartoon, but um, it's just a, a a different take and maybe taking the whole Spider-Man idea a different way. Fair enough. Well, as you both haven't seen it yet, I'll just give a quick talk about Glass. Yeah, I personally did love Glass. I there are a few moments I didn't like have we certain dialogue choices I felt were a bit frustrating but overall how everything unfolded I think was 
literally perfect to how these characters and the way they're portrayed in the modern world of superheroes and realism I think it just ended perfectly however many people were complaining about the end I enjoyed it and I'd be quite happy to see what happens next in this so called universe and I hope one day you too may see it <laughs> you are not in the majority of the internet my friend I think it's a 50-50 split, really, between it, to be honest. Yeah, I, uh, this one guy wrote, um, the worst writing that M. Night has ever done. That's what somebody uh, wrote. I, I did clearly say the dialogue was bad, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, Even that I, dialogue, he was talking about plot, he was talking about, you know, the way they're all supposed to be working together in the movie, but, you know... Yeah. I'll see it eventually because I love M Night, but I just there's no pull on me. I don't feel that pull like I have with other of his movies. That's a pretty big statement for a Shyamalan movie. Like, like just given like like Lady in the Water, like like to call that the worst is really bold. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, I'm on the team of Dan Mo from the Screen Junkies who said the reason people aren't liking it is because of what they're expecting from superhero movies in general yeah and if you're going in there thinking i want to see like a human version of these sort of movies you're not going to like it compared to if you watch a realistic representation of these if in a weirdest way it's it's more heroes than avengers if that makes sense I don't know yeah, if you ever yeah. saw Heroes. How about Unbreakable? Like, you know how Unbreakable is clearly not a superhero movie? And yet it has the beginnings well, of superheroes. That's what it, that's what it mostly is. Like, it's trying to point out that they're not always superheroes in these movies. They're other aspects to being what they are. But without going too much into everything. Yeah. So it's like Deadpool 2. No. <laughs> Some of the dialogue is a bit like Deadpool 2, if I'm honest, but, uh, it's, it has, it makes sense once you see it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I will see it. I just, uh, I mean, you know my thoughts from the beginning. I've told you since Split came out, I felt like it, the Split was a great film, focusing on a disorder. And then at the very end, he he tried to make it into the, the whole ensemble superhero lead-in. And I, that, that bothered me. Because um, something that was realistic and had realism, all of a sudden he was making fantasy. So that it just didn't set well with me. But I sort of get maybe what he was doing now that you're saying this is more of the same. It's It's getting back to more like these are real people. They're not really superheroes. If he does that, then it might work. So I'm looking forward to seeing it and seeing what it does. So, um, anything else you've seen, Damien? Well, um, Cam. Watch Cam. (laughs) I liked the ending. I did. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of gratuitous nudity. Which surprises me because I feel like all these families across the land with Netflix, their young boys are just turning on the TV and finally looking at it. But, because uh, if you think about it, Netflix has no boundary for that, you know? Not I mean, really, no. 
there's no way for the kid to see a, something that comes up and says, you know, are you 18? If not, then, you know, that doesn't happen. So, anyways. That was a good movie, though. If you can get through, it'll be like the first two thirds. It has a cool ending, and I really thought that was actually a good movie. Bird Box sucked. Did not like that. Torture. Uh, <laughs> horrible. Just terrible. Uh, it's like a sequel to the happening. Why? Yeah, I just kept thinking, why are we doing this? Because Sandra Bullock needs to say she's been in a horror movie. Uh, yeah, I'm just going scrolling through here real quick, make sure I don't miss anything. Um, let's see. I saw Bad Times with El Royale, which I really liked. Still waiting heard, for that one. <laughs> I, yeah, I heard that that was going to not be good, but it, I really enjoyed that. That was awesome. It was like sort of like a a mysterious um, whodunit kind of feeling to it. And that's it. That's pretty much what I've seen. A lot of old movies. I watched a lot of old horror and old movies, but new movies are those ones I've seen. Have you seen much else, Drew? I'm not in the theaters or Netflix. I've been uh, catching up on a lot of TV shows. So, like I saw, I watched Hall Pass and I put that up on my blog, uh, I think last week or earlier this week or something like that. But, um, like nothing really new. You watch what? Hall Pass. Oh, Hall Pass, yeah. Yeah. Fair That's enough. a funny one. Well, one thing I did see on Netflix was the final of the Godzilla animated movies. The Planet Eater, it was called. That I think I needed to watch them all in one go to really appreciate the end, because I forgot what happened at the end of the second one. So, <laughs> that was kind of a bummer. Um, and the final one, I'm sure we can have a bit of a debate about this. I watched The Upside, and it was actually better than I thought it would be. <laughs> Um, I was surprised you said that. I, I got. I saw. Thank you for the reply to my tweet when I said I'm bored with all this list of movies. Uh, but yeah, tell me, tell me about why you liked it. Well, the weirdest thing is, like, while I'm not the person that complains about subtitles, sometimes when it's a comedy, it's hard to read a joke. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I picked up on as many jokes or whether this was just that there was a lot more because it was Kevin Hart. But when Kevin Hart had to do the serious stuff, he was actually really good, which I didn't think he would pull off. Which I was very... That was a big plus for me. I'm also going to defend Brian Cranston being in the movie, because I don't see any problem with him being in the movie. To be honest, I... I'm not going to... He's very elaborate spoken. He he has a hard time keeping things uh, concise. He likes to go on and on in his dialogue. And the guy in the movie is almost tight-lipped the whole movie. He has, like, I don't know, a handful of lines. And that's what makes his character great. He looks exactly like Dustin Hoffman, doesn't he? Well, the original one, definitely. Yeah, the original one. But that's all he needs to do, is just sit in the wheelchair and shut up. And so when I heard Brian Cranston was doing it, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. When I saw the poster, I thought, I haven't seen this Dustin Hoffman movie. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. But that was the final one that I have seen. Um, so that's everything we've seen. Um, I was going to go to Drew because we always talk about what we like to see coming out through the year. So let's see what our guests like to see as well. So, Drew, do you have three or four movies that you want to see this year? 
Yeah. Um, so I've, I've already talked about Lego Movie. That's definitely high on my list. Um, as you guys know, I'm a huge comic book fan, so all three of the Marvel ones I'm really looking forward to. Avengers Endgame, for sure, to, to, to kind of see how they clean up after Thanos' snap. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home comes out, uh, I think, July or something like that. And Captain Marvel comes out next, over in March, which she's one of my favorite comic characters, so I can't wait to finally see her on the screen. Um, we just had a trailer for it not too long ago, but John Wick 3 comes out. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that one because one and two are amazing, and they both hit my um, end of the year lists for both of those. Um, Lion King and Aladdin, uh, two of the live action remakes from Disney coming out this year. Uh, two of my favorite childhood movies, so hopefully they can uh, do those well. Again, I'm kind of worried about Lion King though, honestly, because uh, if it ends up being like the exact same movie, but with like CGI instead of hand-drawn animation, it's gonna be like, yeah, it's a good movie, but like, what's the point? So it's kind of what I'm looking at when I'm gonna watch that movie. So I'm still looking forward to it. See, I would go against you, and I'd be more worried about Aladdin because Aladdin is a bland story, and it was only saved because Robin Williams was fantastic. And I don't really see what the actual point of the movie really will be like if you get what I mean. Like, is yeah. Will Smith actually going to be entertaining? Because he hasn't been entertaining since 1998. <laughs> uh, and he's filling in the shoes of such grandiosity and, and amazingness, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a little worrisome, but we'll see how it goes. I didn't, I like I said, I just, I liked that one a lot when I was little, so we'll see how yeah. it goes. And then the finally the last one is uh, MIB International. Like that, just the cast that they have for that just looks hilarious, and, and I can't wait for that one. Yeah, the first trailer looks a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I really like how um, Hemsworth has been doing a lot of comedy lately because he's been actually pretty good. Because when he first came out, he was more of like an action, uh, the type of actor, uh, and then he started slowly doing these different comedy roles, and he's pretty good at him. The action. He's he he's more like meant to be like the new heartthrob, but now it turns out he's funny as well. It's like. Yeah, damn you, Hemsworth. But I just we will see how well all of these movies do throughout the year. Um, and I think that's going to conclude our show for today. So, without further ado, we'll go around so everyone can say where everyone can find them and what everybody's up to. So, Damien, you are at the Riley on film.com and the Damien Riley podcast is that correct that's it uh, Drew where can everyone find you and have you got anything on at the moment so you can find my site or my blog at drewreviewmovies.wordpress.com or uh, on Facebook at Drew's Movie Reviews or on Twitter at Drew to the Future um, uh, I haven't really been up at all that other than the movies that I just mentioned and uh, some TV shows I've been catching up on. Are you doing one of the ultimate bloggathons again? Oh, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Uh, yeah, so um, so yeah, so it's time for the annual Ultimate Decades blogathon that I co-host with Kim, who writes over at Tranquil Dreams. Uh, so the spotlight decade for this year is the 2000s, so anything from 2000 to 2009. Um uh, and we just opened up 
submissions, and the submissions are due by... I gotta double check the date. February eleventh. Yeah, I think by yeah, I think they're due by the eleventh, and then we're gonna start it on the fifteenth. Uh, her and I are gonna kick it off, and then we'll just go until we have posted all the people who send in their reviews, and then we'll close it out again. And there's and anyone uh, who is welcome to join. Uh, so all it is, like you said, you just have to write a review of a movie or movies so there's some people who do multiple movies uh, that came out in that decade and send it to us and that's it fair enough I'm sure we'll get around to sending some ourselves sure awesome and you can find me at moviesreview101.com and the next ABC film challenge is Oscar nominated movies see how I navigate my way through X, Y, Z, and Q this year, because that's always the entertainment part of this challenge. Every letter. And until next time, we will head off into the movie universe to see what we want to see next, and whether we make it through any of these February releases. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Damien. Goodbye, Alida. And it's goodbye from Drew, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. That's <laughs> uh, <it's> awesome. <laughs>